Welcome to Mobile Forum's podcast on embedded finance and the changes in the banking value chain. I'm Elena Mattila. I'm the executive director at Mobile Forum. In case you're not familiar with us, we are a not-for-profit knowledge and networking platform that focuses on emerging technologies and business models in digital financial services. Mobile connects banking practitioners from around the world who are navigating similar challenges within their organizations. This podcast is actually a recording from a few weeks ago from the launch that we did to our members of our embedded finance report. We thought that the discussion was so interesting that we wanted to share it with a wider audience. The report that's discussed in this podcast is free of charge um, to anyone and is available on our website. The link is shared in the podcast notes. The speakers in the podcast refer to it throughout the discussion. Uh, the report is actually a production of Mobile Forum's Payments Expert Group that consists of representatives from our member organizations that are working on this topic. So some of these organizations include ING, DMB, UBS, VIPS, etc., uh, Giesige Devrient, and others. The group is chaired by Dura Makela from Nordea, Sudeep Khan from Raiffeisen Bank International, and Sohrab Galvra from Interac. In this podcast, you will hear from Dura and Sohrab, Here's the recording. I hope you enjoy it. So um, to start with, um, maybe the main, the first uh, uh, topic that we can discuss to it and, and, and uh, Zorab, um, maybe you can give a few words about why we decided to talk about embedded finance. Why did we feel that this was an important topic? Well, if I may start. Hello, everyone. Um, I think for me it was a clear topic to take into into consideration while we were deciding upon what should we look into. We see embedded financing everywhere. Um, as a consumer, we see it in 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 um, um, e-business online shops everywhere. You you have opportunity to pay with whatever payment methods that are popping up everywhere. We see it in 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 a bank in treasury solutions. We see more and more embedding into third parties, um, platforms and services, banking, different kinds of banking services. We even see this in machine to machine type of uh, services. So so it's it's everywhere. And we also acknowledge the fact that this is a burning topic in banks in in everywhere in the industry what should be the role for each and every player in this game and who should take which roles we see actors taking different roles and we we thought that even though there are many papers on this topic we also saw different definitions on it and we also saw that people don't always agree upon a definition but there are as many different definitions as there are people so we decided to be ambitious and make one of our own and and build the storyline mm -hmm. as we see that. Okay, so when we get to the definition, here's the definition. I think you can see it on your screens mm -hmm. and what the, the group came up with. So embedded finance describes the integration of financial services to enhance and complement a third party service offering from a banking or non-banking provider. This creates a convenient end-to-end -end journey with minimal friction for the end user, uh, whether they are a human or machine-based actor. Um, and I do remember that there were a lot of conversations on this uh, on this definitions and, and and a lot of agreement and then some disagreement. So maybe uh, if if 
one of you could kind of talk about some of the keywords behind this definition and and why we decided to include the, these specific words in the definition of embedded finance. Yeah, I, I can, can start. Take a, yeah, sure. please do. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I think. Um, well, embedding finance is, of course, integrating the financial services. I think that's rather evident. Um, and we we speak about third party service offering that might be a non-bank or a bank. We also see banks embedding financial services. A clearest example is a travel insurance that you have on your credit card. So there are different actors embedding the banking services. Um, we used the word minimal friction, not um, seamless or anything like that, because we thought that most likely the user acknowledges using third, using banking services within third party service. If not, then that's too smooth. That's might, that might not be, at least in the Nordics, not even compliant. Uh, we need to tell the user that this is a banking service you're utilizing. And I said this might this might happen even machine to machine, um, meaning no human interaction. So, Herb, did you want to add something? Yeah, I think the when we started defining what embedded finance means, I think there was a lot of confusion about whether it is the same as banking as a service or API-driven banking, and all of that, but. But more than the definition, I think the thing that matters more and why embedded finance was one of the topics we also picked was that the key key shift we are seeing is a shift from a service based approach to a customer experience based approach where the <clears throat> where the customers are um, trying to find these solutions where they need it in the journey or in the experience rather than in different journeys in different experiences and what that is leading to is the fact that traditionally the the most uh, the one of the assets that financial institutions used to have which was their relationship with the customers and the customer base and the network of customers that's starting to shift a little bit and what that does is when you pair that network of customers with a converged set of digital services that customers can consume in the journey along with the uh, technological uh, aspects like big data ai all of that stuff that starts giving uh, an advantage to to other networks that have the combination of those three and an example of that could be uh, somebody like Apple or somebody like even Square for SMBs, because now if SMBs want uh, capital uh, for their uh, small businesses, they can Square can give that capital to the small business, looking at their data and using their underwriting algorithms and all of that at the point where they need it, rather than them having to go to the bank. So, so I think. Uh, we we did have a lot of discussion around the definition, uh, but but I think the thing that matters the most is that it is moving towards that um, customer experience and customer journey, and and having a seamless journey or, or or a frictionless journey where consumers can access these 
uh, products and services where they need rather than going somewhere else. <laughs> Great. Okay, but the main part of the report was around the value chain and how the value chain is changing. So um, if we get to that, so we had this um, this image where we talk about how the traditional value chain is different to the embedded finance value chain. So um, could one of you explain what we're talking about here, what the what the difference is and how the value chain is, is changing and the roles um, that of the players within that value chain is changing? Yeah, the original value chain of a banking products uh, is, of course, the one where the bank creates the banking products and then it's the bank creating the network of channels, branches, online channels, what have you. The bank is the distributor also on the banking services and then the end user needs to go to a bank or bank channel to 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 get these services into use whereas in embedded finance value chain it is it is the bank creating these services and then there might be specific distributors on on the banking services for example payment service providers who then um, integrate these banking services into retailers' channels, for example, e-shops, where then the end user gets these banking services directly without the need to contact a bank. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then we came up with this different, um, oh, sorry, we still have the, the layers in this new value chain. Um, did we want to talk about these or is there anything that maybe here, Saurabh, you could add? Sorry, I was talking to myself on mute. Um, oh, <laughs> no worries. I think the the key thing on, on that we're trying to say in this uh, slide is basically as money has gotten digitized and that's given the impetus to the changing of the value chain that we talked about on the previous slide, uh, the roles have also um, opened up a little bit. So the four roles that we have in the value chain, which is a license and balance sheet provider, a product creator, an aggregator, and a distributor. Traditionally, these were all uh, performed by a single institution, but as the value chain gets uh, rejigged because now everything is digitized and there's an opportunity for other players to play that role as these products get embedded in the customer journey, um, that's where, uh, these these roles are now opening up. So our idea was to define that these are the four roles that will need to be played and what they need to do, and then what kind of players can come in and play that role. So for example, uh, the product was typically done by a financial institution, but now even tech companies and fintech companies are coming in and creating those products uh, using the license and balance sheet of a financial institution. And in the same way, uh, if you think of the financial product being embedded at that point where consumers consume it in the uh, journey or, or, or their experience, the retailer can now even be a marketplace or a, or a commerce network uh, that distributes these uh, financial uh, products. So that's the idea of the slide to define the four roles and what they do and then uh, give a slight idea of who can come in and play those roles. Mm -hmm. 
And then we had some examples of the different scenarios. Maybe you could talk us through these um, these scenarios. So when the bank is expanding their role, and um, you know what what's happening here, and what are, what are some of the examples from the the market that we're seeing um, for for this scenario. Um, yeah, we can see in the market that if we look at the value chain where there is a bank integrator and retailer, there is a value going through this chain. And this means that there is revenue that is shared within the chain. Uh, all these actors we can see are trying to take in other roles than the, their original ones to get more of the revenue out of the full full value chain. So we can see that the bank, for example, might aim to become an integrator. There are banks who have been setting up PSPs on their own in order to take also integrator uh, um, revenue share in the in the chain. And then we have the second scenario where integrators may aim to expand their role. Yes, here the basic example is Klarna, um, um, applied the banking license uh, in the beginning, being, being more of a PSP or both actually. So at the moment they are only utilizing a banking balance sheet uh, of a bank, but also doing many things on top of that and now even actually becoming a uh, marketplace. So integrators are also expanding their role in the value chain. And the final example we had was where the retailers are looking to, great, uh, to gain a greater share of revenue by applying for a license. Yes, there are merchants setting up also their own when they when when a merchant is big enough, they they actually there is a there is point of them um, setting up these units um, serving payment needs of their multiple channels. And if a merchant then sets up this platform to to cater for their channels uh, payments needs needs, some of them have decided why not? make this a business and sell this to others when they actually then become a PSP. We can, we have seen this and, and this is a road they can go even further. And we have seen Apple, for example, working on this area quite a lot. Great. So I guess um, the, the big question then for banks is what strategies should you take in the embedded finance world? So um, maybe you can talk a little bit about this. I can I can chime in here. Mm -hmm. So I think the key decision points as you think about the strategy are are a couple. The first is um, kind of taking a look at what are your assets and and what is your strength and what is your traditional um, point of strength where you come from and then defining the role that you want to play in the uh, value chain because um, I I tend to joke with my colleagues here in the company that financial services right now is like a big, big giant Jenga where everything's changing from all different kinds of layers, right? So there is a lot of opportunity, but at the same time, there's a lot of risk uh, as well of uh, positions that we've traditionally held changing in the next uh, sometime as this takes more and more root. So we have to sort of look at this whole Jenga and kind of define where do we play in this value chain 
given our strengths and our assets and 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 the position that we come from. Um, and then once you do that, then the question is, do you want to play a defensive role or do do you want to play a a more uh, you know uh, aggressive role where you want to expand in the value chain rather than maintain your position in the value chain? And so based on that, there are different approaches <clears throat> that I think we'll also talk about in the next report in detail uh, that we can take. But some of the examples being uh, what we're seeing is um, there are verticalized approaches being taken where um, if you want to expand in the value chain, solutions are being created where you provide end-to-end -end, um, solutions in a particular vertical. An example of that is Square going after the restaurant industry. Um, and then there are examples where um, you know players are defining a narrower role and saying we will uh, do this, but do this in a manner that we capture a broader market share and we'll just provide like APIs and we'll just provide the uh, license in uh, uh, banking balance sheet as well. So there are different strategic options that are available depending on the role you want to play. Uh, so those are two two big decisions that kind of uh, need to be made, which is one, where are we coming from? What role do we want to play? And then depending on that role, do we want to go broader or do you want to play a, a, a more defensive strategy where it is like, we we will focus on just our strengths and uh, carve out that that little uh, role within the value chain for ourselves. <clears throat> Anything you wanted to add on the strategies, uh, Twitter or? Uh, not really. I think Sarab, you explained this rather well, and we will dive into these uh, strategies more from concrete point of view. What are the kind of options underlying? Uh, in in the next report, so we we saw this first paper to be more of a, a bit theoretical background in order to then understand later on where do we come from when we explain more operational approaches that there are available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so exactly. So the the group has already started working on the next paper where the idea is to dive a little bit deeper into the strategies available, the, the business models, uh, and so on. So, so these, this work is already ongoing. I hope you enjoyed the report launch discussion. Again, the report that was discussed can be found on the Mobile Forum website, free of charge. The link to the report is in the podcast notes. If you found this interesting, there are more podcasts from Mobile Forum, as well as reports available on our website at mobileforum.org. You can also subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify, Apple, or Google, and remember to follow us on LinkedIn.